Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas, your award-winning Texas history podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wise. I want to thank you for tuning in for some Texas history today. I hope everybody enjoyed the last episode, episode 66 on the Texas Tories. Uh, This episode is being released at the end of March 2019, right in the middle of the 183rd anniversary of the Texas Revolution. And I've certainly got another episode uh, on the front burner concerning the revolution. But before we get to that, we're going to fast forward about 100 years. You might have noticed some new intro music today. We're going to go to another period in Texas history, and uh, later in the episode you'll understand why. We're going to the 1930s. The 1930s saw the United States in the midst of the Great Depression. Times were hard. Jobs were hard to come by or impossible to come by, and folks were barely scraping by. Texas was no exception. And in the middle of all this depression, people were craving distraction. They needed a distraction. They needed glamour. They wanted someone to succeed. Anyone. Even if it was evil. And that distraction came in the form of a diminutive chicken thief who could drive like a bat out of hell, and his cute, feisty girlfriend who just wanted something exciting to happen. It came in the form of Bonnie and Clyde. Clyde Barrow was born on March 24, 1909, in Telico, or Telico, Texas, which is near Ennis in North Texas, He was born to Henry and Cumie Barrow. They had seven kids and were dirt poor. He moved to West Dallas in 1922. Now, West Dallas at this time was an unincorporated community. Uh, It was impoverished. It was crime-ridden. In fact, I read a story that uh, the notorious Texas gangster Benny Binion, who went on to found Binion's Horseshoe Casino in Las Vegas, when he needed a bad guy, he went to West Dallas. Well, Clyde went bad, and he joined a gang, and the gang would steal chickens. Uh, His brother, Buck Barrow, was also in this little chicken-stealing gang, and Clyde did hold down some jobs, but mostly he was a thief. In fact, as early as 1926, when he was just 17 years old, he got arrested for stealing a car. The truth of the matter is Clyde Barrow hated being poor. He was embarrassed by it. Uh, He wanted the finer things, and uh, he would do anything to get it. He later got arrested in Fort Worth in 1928. He got arrested in Dallas in 1929. His brother Buck got sent to prison about this same time. Now, Clyde was not in jail um, and was free dating uh, a fellow outlaw girl who was a drug addict and a prostitute. In short, Clyde Barrow was going nowhere fast. Well, one day he was over at a friend of his house in West Dallas when a beautiful, tiny little red-headed girl caught his eye. This was a girl that would help make him famous. Her name was Bonnie Parker. Bonnie Parker was born October 1st, 1910 in Rowena, Texas. Rowena's just northeast of San Angelo. 
Bonnie was, by all accounts, small. She was very pretty. She was an honor student, but she really wanted to be an actress. Unfortunately, Bonnie lost her father at age four, and after this, moved to Cement City, which was an area of West Dallas. Now, Cement City later became an incorporated town, and it was really an area where people uh, that worked in a nearby cement plant lived, hence the name, and she was living with her grandparents. Now, by high school, Bonnie was known as rather loud and vulgar. She dropped out of high school and got married when she was 16. She married a thug named Roy Thornton. Thornton was a thief and a bad guy, and he eventually went to prison. But before he went to prison, he abandoned Bonnie in 1927. Well, Bonnie was down and out at this time, and she turned to the only thing she felt she could, and that was prostitution. She was uh, impoverished, as so many were then, and she just wanted something exciting to happen. Well, one night she went over to a house in West Dallas and met the man that could give her the exciting life that she was craving. Accounts tell that Bonnie and Clyde fell for each other pretty quickly. Not sure how exact that is, but Clyde was exciting, Bonnie was pretty, and they fit together pretty well. Unfortunately, Clyde was a wanted man at this time, and shortly after they met, the cops finally caught up to Clyde and they took him to Waco, put him in jail to await the 14-year prison sentence that faced him. Well, Bonnie sprang into action, smuggled a gun to Clyde in the jail, and he and another guy broke out and made it all the way to Ohio, but were soon caught. Clyde was put in prison and sent to the notorious East Ham prison farm in Lovelady, Texas, northeast of Huntsville. Now, at this time, Lee Simmons was in charge of the Texas prison system, and East Ham was one of the two prisons that he used to house the most dangerous inmates. Now, we hadn't gotten very far into this, and we're about to run into one of the first myths about Bonnie and Clyde, and there are a bunch. The myth is this, that Clyde was uh, assault, sexually assaulted in prison by a guy named Ed Crowder and killed him in revenge, and somehow that turned Clyde into a murderer. Well, there's really not any credible evidence of any of that. Uh, Crowder was killed in prison, but he was killed by another inmate named Scally, uh, who admitted it and uh, also told the authorities that Clyde Barrow had nothing to do with it. Um, the East Ham prison farm meant work, and Clyde Barrow hated work. So uh, he actually had another inmate take an axe and cut off two of his toes because Clyde thought it would get him transferred. Um, Lee Simmons wouldn't transfer him, and there were a few others that tried this, and Simmons wouldn't transfer him. So that put an end to the self-mutilation at East Ham. But shortly after that, Clyde was paroled anyway in 1933, and he went straight back to Bonnie Parker in West Dallas and straight back to his life of crime. He joined up with a guy named Ray Hamilton, Raymond Hamilton, and another guy named Ralph Fultz, F-U-L-T-S, who he had met in prison. And they went on and did what criminals do. Well, Bonnie ended up getting caught and put in jail. Uh, Ralph Fultz ended up getting caught and put back in prison. So it was Clyde and Raymond Hamilton at this point. They went to Hillsboro, robbed a jeweler, and while they were robbing this jeweler, uh, the owner of the store reached for a gun, and either Hamilton or Barrow shot and killed him. 
And it doesn't matter who pulled the trigger. They're both guilty of murder. That was Clyde's first murder. In the summer of 1933, Clyde took it to another level when two officers found uh, Clyde and Hamilton at a dance that they were attending in Oklahoma. They were drunk and loud, and they attracted the attention of the police. When the officers approached Clyde and Ray Hamilton, they started shooting. They killed one officer immediately, wounded the other one. That was the first of nine law enforcement officers that Clyde and his gang would eventually kill. They fled then to New Mexico to hide out with Bonnie Parker's aunt. Well, the aunt got a little nervous, got a little suspicious, called the cops. Cops come over. They end up kidnapping the police officers, a police officer. There was only one, and they took off for San Antonio. They made it to San Antonio where they let the police officer go, and uh, they took off down toward Victoria. They ended up stealing another car. By the way, uh, the way they got around was to steal car after car, and Clyde preferred uh, the Ford V8 because it was very powerful. So they ended up in two cars headed from Victoria to Wharton. Uh, By this time, uh, there were roadblocks all over the place to try to catch them. They ran into one on a bridge over the Colorado River. They started a gunfight, as they usually did, and despite bullets flying every direction, Bonnie and Clyde and Hamilton escaped. Later that year, they Clyde robbed a grocery store, and while he was robbing a grocery store, one of the clerks tried to grab his gun and fight him. Clyde fired and killed that clerk. He then tried to kill the other clerk in the store, but his gun malfunctioned, so he didn't get him. He took off and escaped yet again. Eventually, a guy named W.D. Jones joined the gang, and right after that, there was an incident that demonstrates how cold-blooded Clyde Barrow and his gang were. Clyde and W.D. were in Temple, and they saw a Model A Roadster parked on the street. So they jumped in it, started it up, and right about that time, the owner of the car came running out on the street trying to thwart their car theft. Clyde shot him right in the neck. He didn't die immediately, but he did die. Clyde only drove that Model A Roadster a short distance through town and then just ditched the car as if he never wanted it anyway, jumped in the following car, which Bonnie was driving, and took off. Well, by now, everybody's looking for the Barrow Gang. There were some police officers that set up on uh, Raymond Hamilton's sister's house and sure enough Bonnie and Clyde and Ray pulled up well Hamilton's sister warned Bonnie and Clyde as they approached the house so Clyde looked for the first officer he could see and shot at him about that time two officers ran from the back of the house to the front where Clyde was Clyde killed one of them immediately a man named Malcolm Davis Bonnie covered Clyde by firing a pistol at the house and once again Bonnie and Clyde escaped. I mentioned earlier when Clyde started stealing chickens in West Dallas, his brother Buck Barrow was stealing with him. Well, Buck got pardoned by the governor. Now, we need to say a word about the governor during this time. It was Miriam Ferguson. Everybody knew her as Maul. She was married to uh, the impeached Texas governor, 
James Ferguson, who everybody knew as Paul. Well, they were probably two of the most corrupt politicians in the history of maybe the world, certainly the United States and definitely Texas. And one of the things you could get pretty easily if you were to uh, send the money the right place was a pardon from the governor. In fact, Ma Ferguson pardoned over 1,300 people um, unconditionally and over 800 people conditionally. That's a record that still stands and will probably stand forever. Well, Buck got a pardon from Ma Ferguson, and he and his wife Blanche Barrow joined Bonnie and Clyde. They all ran to Joplin, Missouri, and they got him a hideout, a brick building or stone building, and uh, they began raising hell. They were loud, they were drunk, and making nuisance of themselves. Finally, in April 1933, after several complaints, five local policemen went to the hideout to check on what was going on. Well, the gang, and this includes Bonnie, opened up with all their weapons. They, they shot with shotguns, and they shot with the Browning Automatic Rifle, or BAR. And I need to tell you about the BAR. It was um, the only way to describe it. In modern day, you would call it a machine gun. It was a machine rifle. It fired a .30-06 round, which is a huge rifle round, and um, was an automatic weapon. A BAR was a serious military weapon in the 30s, and that's what they were shooting. The gang killed a deputy constable. His name was Harriman. Another officer was killed in the fight named Harry McGinnis. And once again, despite over a thousand rounds being fired in this gunfight, the Barrow gang escaped. Now, they didn't have a chance to pack their stuff. And so the cops ended up finding some things in this hideout that later became famous. One was some poetry that Bonnie wrote. But more interestingly was a camera with the film still in it. And they developed the pictures, and they were pictures that Bonnie and Clyde and Jones had taken somewhere on the road. They were staged, and they were, frankly, kind of silly, showing off their guns and striking various poses. And those pictures are now very, very famous. And on the Wise About Texas social media, I'll post those in the coming days. Well, after they escaped Missouri... They ended up robbing a bank in Indiana. These bankers were armed. Clyde and Buck ran out of the bank while Bonnie and Blanche fired just indiscriminately at the bank, covering their retreat. In that uh, fusillade, Bonnie and Blanche wounded two civilians. And I don't want anybody listening to believe anybody that tells you or anything you read that Bonnie never fired a gun. That's one of the great myths of Bonnie and Clyde, that Bonnie was somehow some innocent, fun-seeking little girl who was along for a joyride. She shot just as much as anybody else. Um, Well, the Barrow Gang had shot their way out of that robbery, and they shot their way out of another one they tried in Missouri a few days later. Now, it's important to note that I mean a few days. Uh, Clyde was a very famous driver. He was he drove fast. He was very skilled by all accounts and they drove long distances apparently without sleeping because they covered some incredible ground. Well, they ended up in the Texas panhandle and they almost met their end. 
but not by the police. Uh, they were driving at Clyde's usual breakneck rate of speed when he missed a curve and flipped the car, which promptly caught on fire. Bonnie got her leg burned up, resulting in her having a limp for the rest of her life. Oh, by the way, after that wreck, two police officers showed up to try to help them. You know what they did? Clyde kidnapped the officers, drove their car to Oklahoma, where Buck and Blanche picked them up in another stolen car. And amazingly and thankfully, they did not kill those two police officers. Then they ended up in Arkansas shortly after that. In Arkansas, Buck Barrow and W.D. Jones robbed a grocery store. Uh, They ended up wrecking the car they had stolen to pull the robbery off. And the city marshal and a deputy marshal approached the wrecked car. Well, Barrow and Jones jumped out, cut down the marshal in a hail of bullets, killing him. And the deputy managed to escape, but they ended up losing most of their guns. So they did what you might expect the Barrow gang to do and robbed a National Guard armory in Oklahoma and then headed quickly back to their old stomping grounds in Missouri. Uh, They were just outside Kansas City, Missouri, when uh, law enforcement caught up to them and they designed an operation to capture them. Well, they got got them surrounded and when they demanded that the gang come out, the gang opened fire. They ran for their cars, and Bonnie and Blanche covered the retreat. And they made it into the car, but not before Buck Barrow took a bullet to the head, which would eventually kill him, didn't kill him right away. He was going to participate in one more shootout. So barely escaping the authorities in Missouri, they fled to Iowa and camped. Unfortunately for them, somebody spotted them. Now, by now, they were famous in the Midwest, And after they were spotted, local law enforcement gathered a posse to capture them. As the posse closed in on the Barrow gang, the gang did what they always did. They opened fire. Buck, already wounded, got hit again. Clyde, Bonnie, and W.D. Jones all suffered minor wounds in this shootout, but they weren't seriously hurt. Amazingly, Clyde, Bonnie, and W.D. Jones ended up making it out on foot and found a car to steal, which of course they did. Blanche stayed behind, tending to Buck, who was down on the ground. Buck would end up dying a short time later. Blanche got caught, and she got sentenced to prison for a decade. Well, they were out of guns again, so the Barrow gang went to where the guns were, and they robbed yet another National Guard armory, this time up in Illinois. And all this time... From Missouri to Iowa to the Panhandle to Arkansas to Oklahoma, back to Missouri, up to Illinois. All this time, they would keep returning occasionally to Dallas to visit their families. They kept coming home. Well, finally, during one of these times, W.D. Jones ended up in Houston and got captured. Well, he ratted out Bonnie and Clyde. He told the officers that the gang returned to Dallas frequently. So the Dallas sheriff set up an ambush for Bonnie and Clyde. He ended up seeing them, and he ended up doing what he should have done, which was open fire on them. He wounded Clyde, but Bonnie and Clyde's lucky star still shone, and they escaped yet again. Now, all through this time, uh, at, at some point, Raymond Hamilton separated, got captured, and got sent to prison. 
Well, he was sent to East Ham, Clyde's own old home. But he wouldn't stay there for long. Raymond got a fellow inmate who was about to be released, a guy named Mullins, to get word to Bonnie and Clyde to come break Raymond Hamilton out of prison. Well, they agreed to do it. Hamilton's brother helped. He stashed two pistols under a bridge on the prison farm. They got word to Ray through visitation where the guns were. Hamilton and another prisoner went and retrieved them. On January 16, 1934, Bonnie Parker stashed a stolen car at the edge of East Ham Prison Farm. Clyde and that prisoner that Raymond Hamilton originally talked to about this, Mullins, they hold up in a trench near the car. Well, as a brush-clearing detail went to work in the fields, a detail that Raymond Hamilton wasn't on but had joined just for that day, one of the convicts started shooting, wounded two guards. Bonnie laid on the car horn to signal where that stolen car was. Clyde and Mullins laid down covering fire as Ray Hamilton and three other convicts made a mad dash for the cars. They all piled in and made their escape. One of the guards that got shot in that gunfight died a short time later, so they killed a prison guard in the escape. Well, there were four escapees, Raymond Hamilton, a guy named Joe Palmer, a guy named Henry Methven, and another man named Hilton Bybee. The head of the Texas prison system, Lee Simmons, said the killing of his guard, quote, put me in a sterner mood, close quote. Well, that was an understatement. Lee Simmons wasn't going to take this anymore. He could not abide a prison breakout like this. It had never been done before. There had never been this coordination and the outside agencies intervening and breaking people out of prison, and Simmons wasn't going to take it. Well, he figured out that it was Clyde Barrow, and that did it for the Barrow gang. They had just staged the most violent and daring prison break in Texas history. Worse than that, they had killed a guard in the process and wounded another. And worse than that, they had drawn the ire of Lee Simmons. He was hell-bent on making sure every criminal in Texas knew they couldn't get away with something like this again. He would avenge the death of his guard, and he was going to get Clyde Barrow. So Simmons devised a plan. With the, frankly, surprising cooperation of the Governor Ma Ferguson, Simmons would create the position of special investigator for the Texas prison system. He would fill this position with the best manhunter he could think of. It had to be someone that had a proven record as a tracker and detective, and it had to be someone with the intelligence to anticipate the Barrow Gang's next move. It had to be someone with the ability to do what had to be done when he caught up with Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde had proven over and over they were willing to shoot first. Simmons's man had to shoot faster. He had to be a crack shot, and he had to be the toughest, deadliest man in the gunfight that was sure to come. And Lee Simmons knew just who to call. Now we come to the part of the episode I call Getting There, where I tell you how to see a couple of places we talked about in the episode. Now, East Ham Prison is still operating. It's in uh, Lovelady, Texas. Now, don't go up there and knock on the door and start talking about that prison escape. That's not somewhere that you can just take a tour, but it is there. You'll see the signs. 
interestingly, the shootout in Joplin, Missouri, that place that it occurred, it's now a B&B, if you can believe it. Uh, it's on VRBO. You can look up Bonnie and Clyde Garage Apartment, and there it is. And I don't know if it's been redone, if it's a new building on the same site or what, but unbelievably, uh, it's on there. I don't believe I'd be uh, stay, spending the night there knowing what happened. Now, if you get on uh, the Internet and start Googling sites where Bonnie and Clyde committed crimes, you'll find them all over the country. And... Uh, find one near you and you can go see it if you so choose. We'll talk more about some significant places in part two where we cover the hunt for Bonnie and Clyde and then we'll have a bonus episode uh, concerning a brand new movie out on Netflix called The Highwaymen which is about the capture of Bonnie and Clyde. So if you want a little preview of the next episode uh, watch that movie. The next episode part two of this will come out Uh, fairly soon and uh, that'll wrap it up for part one of Bonnie and Clyde the outlaws follow us on social media the Facebook page is wise about Texas we're on Instagram and Twitter at wise about Texas and I want you to go out and do something for Texas today and until next time God bless Texas and we'll see you down the road